family vacation can take many forms. One unique form of the family vacation is having one parent take one of the kids on a solo trip. Today, we welcome back Mandy and Garrett Oler from Connected Family Travel to talk about this kind of trip. Episode 61 starts now. Welcome to the Family Vacationer with Rob and Danny, the go-to podcast for families on the move. Welcome, friends. I'm Rob, and this is episode 61 of the Family Vacationer. We'd love if you'd do us a favor and tell your friends and family about the podcast. You can also follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and at thefamilyvacationer.live. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So we've often talked about the different dynamics of a family vacation and how each member of the family has a differing set of expectations than the others. That's absolutely true when you bring the extended family on a vacation, but still true, for example, in my core family of five. Now, we've talked about ways to prepare for those trips and to manage the expectations of those trips. But one way to take a different approach is to have one parent take one child on a solo vacation. Now, I think we'd all agree that the most valuable commodity that we have to give our children is our time. Being intentional with that time, though, can be difficult with busy schedules. But I think the opportunity to get to know our children better in these instances is absolutely worth the effort. Joining us today to talk about this unique form of family travel is Garrett and Mandy Oler. Garrett and Mandy love to help families travel abundantly and affordably. They cringe every time they hear parents say that travel is a luxury only for the lucky and are on a mission to change that mindset. By teaching parents how to utilize reward points and other travel booking tips, Garrett and Mandy help families discover the world, make lasting connections with each other, and do it all without breaking the bank. When not traveling, they're catching up with their favorite Disney YouTubers, enjoying the local food culture, or planning their next adventure. Welcome back, Mandy and Garrett. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. We had a great time last time, so we're excited to be back. Glad to have you back. So what made you guys decide to travel with your kids in the in the one-on-one experience? Well, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things everybody says, oh, they don't take your kids. They won't remember it. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, the kids are too young. And I think it was one of those things where we just said, the kids need this experience even more than that. We need this experience for them. We right. want to remember, you know, these opportunities that we can take with them. And so in that, we also, on kind of a weekly, monthly basis, we do uh, solo dates with our kids. And then we spend one or two hours with them doing fun little activity, or sometimes we paint together, craft together, you know, we do a little thing. And we kind of realized that that was a good start, but it wasn't enough. We wanted more intentional time with our kids. And right. we decided that we wanted to do you know, just try it out when our kids turned 10. We wanted to see what would happen if we took them on a solo trip. Sometimes I think we get on these trips and, and we we don't spend enough time focused on one child unless they're the problem child, unless they're the <laughs> one that, are, that, you know, they're having the meltdown for the day or they're the ones who insisted we do a certain activity or whatever. And so sometimes they get lost in that vacation shuffle. Sure. So we decided to, you know, give them some intentional time and, and it was really kind of an experiment to see what happened. So that was probably the initial, let's just see what happens. Yeah. Right. There was, uh, you know, when we kind of came to the decision to do it, 
we both felt that our oldest child had had been feeling a little disconnected as well. So sure. we definitely wanted to to give him some focus. And, you know, things have kind of morphed and snowballed from that first, you know, trip and that first experience. But, but yeah, it was definitely an opportunity to kind of reconnect. And we were thrilled with the results better than what we could have ever imagined from that first trip, too. So, Well, that's a good segue. So the next question was going to be, did the reality of the experience match what you were expecting. But if it was an experiment, maybe you didn't have that many expectations going in. Whatever you did think might happen, did it match kind of the reality of the experience? I don't know that I had any expectation other than I thought maybe we would get a little bored or we'd miss the rest of the family or, (laughs) but I don't know. No, sorry to say, no. I was home doing the cooking though, so they were missed, certainly, but... But the interesting thing, and Mandy, you know, tells the story all the time, but I think, you know, the perspective that I had to see just the change when they came home over, it was only a few days long and they weren't, you know, very far away. They were in Southern California and they were doing some of the same stuff we'd done before. Right. But giving him the opportunity to, you know, be what somewhat independent and, you know, giving him the reins to be decision maker a little bit. When they came home, you know, this constant contention that had filled the house, you know, in the weeks prior, you know, was was gone. And what we noticed, what I noticed really, and again, I I got to see this objective standpoint, but he just, he realized that he belonged in our family, that he was important and that we were willing to take him on a trip by himself, you know, and those, those kinds of things. It's like the epic gift, you know, and, and you know, depending on your love language or whatever, that, that can matter a lot. And I, I was able to see a difference in him and in Mandy as well when they, when they arrived home, but I definitely was able, afforded that unique perspective. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring up love language because I think that had a lot to do with it. So I don't know if, you know, if you're familiar with the five love languages as uh, I think the author's last name is Chapman and just as they're described, you know, how, how we like to receive love, but also how we give it. And it's interesting to see that in our own kids and how, you know, one may be more excited about one-on-one time. Uh, Another one might be super excited about gifts. You know, as a mom, it's kind of natural that my love language is people doing things for me. So (laughs) someone cleans the house and I am happy as a clam, right? (laughs) But, you know, getting to see how he behaves as an individual you know, as you as you grow and mature at, at ten years old, I think that's a good age for you to start discovering a little bit more about who who you are, and sure. to see him in his own way and how he re- gives and receives and his views on the world and how he wants his world to be and how he'd like to control his <laughs> own little world. You know, that was really interesting to see that as well. So. I am trying to plan my first solo trip with my 11 year old in the early days. Was there any jealousy between the kids? Like, so I've got a five year old and an 11 year old and then a 20 year old. It's tough to explain to a five year old. Well, in five years, cause I was going to set a benchmark of, you know, 10 years old, even though I'd be a, a year late with my 11 year old. But anyway, that is the benchmark, but it's tough to explain to the five year old. Hey, in five years, 
you'll get to go on a trip when, you know, years to my five-year-old, he hasn't quite grasped that concept yet. Was there yeah. any of that? Any jealousy when you first started? Like, how did you guys handle that? I don't think we left a ton of room for it. So I okay. think when we decided to make this happen, there wasn't a ton of lead time for that first trip. So there wasn't a lot of opportunity for the younger one to know what was really even going on. And right. Mandy and, and Gavin did most of their planning kind of on their own. But the other thing that we did, and we, I just got back from taking our youngest on his 10-year-old trip. And so we, we both did this when, when, we were, when the other one was gone, was to kind of fill the time with more than the mundane, you know. So, sure. you know, while I was gone, Mandy was doing, you know, a few out of the ordinary, you know, kind of special things while he was gone, just to avoid a little bit of that. And then the same happened, you know, when Mandy and Gavin were gone and Eli and I were spending a ton of time together. I, I can't even remember what all we were doing. Probably playing a lot of video games or something. Pokemoning. Um, Pokemoning. <laughs> and so, yeah, we were definitely Pokemoning a lot. So <laughs> giving them something to do that's also kind of out of the norm definitely helped with that. But we didn't, uh, I don't think we experienced a lot of that. I think we set the stage pretty well to manage expectations. But yeah, certainly with a five-year-old, that's going to be a little bit more difficult to do, but that was... I also don't think we gave, you know, much, you know, we, we were excited about it, but it wasn't a topic of conversation all the time. So it wasn't, it wasn't dinner time conversation. It wasn't sure everybody get together and let's talk about this trip that you guys don't get to go on. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we made sure that that was never, and we didn't downplay it. We didn't, you know, like, hush, hush, we don't want to make anyone feel bad. It just never became so big that anybody got to feel sad. I think on the flip side, as as when they got back or, or while they were gone, we both had this conversation about, oh, I can't wait till we have a new date that we can do solo trips again. You know, And, and we at home, <laughs> we were thinking, number. like, we want to do that solo trip again. That was so fun. And we were kind of reminiscing about the fun things that we did. We pulled up some pictures and talked about fun things and, and funny stories that happened. And, and that was also, I think, another way for us to not be, you know, not to have any kind of jealousy to the people that were traveling. Right. Well, one thing that's interesting, I mean, you guys were the family of four, right? Family yeah. of four? Yeah. And each family's different, but I didn't think about this till just now. But, the you know, the two that were gone, the two that were home, you're still getting to spend that one-on-one -on -one time. Yeah with the, your kid there. So I like for my five-year-old, if I was off with my 11 year old, he'd get to spend time with just him and mom. So he'd be, he'd be happy as he could be just, just for that. So yeah. that's yeah. interesting. So, and I think uh, we talked about, oh, go ahead. And I think even in families, you know, larger than that, that, you know, just because our numbers seem to even out pretty well, I think that there's still an experience to be gained, even a larger family. Because when someone is out of the house, it changes the whole dynamic of everything. Absolutely. And so there's still intention behind, you know, whatever's going on. So, mm. you know, whatever mom or dad's responsibilities may or may not have been, you know, those are missing. And, you know, the rest are left to kind of, you know, make up for that. And when one child is out of the house, you know, if you take the noisy attention seeker out of the home, you know, that, <laughs> that changes the dynamic for the rest of the kids as well to, to receive more time and more attention, even if there's more than just one extra one. And so, so yeah, there's lots of value to those leaving and those staying at home for sure. Sure.
So you mentioned a 10-year-old benchmark or a milestone birthday as is, is an impetus for, for one of the trips. Is that how you do it based on birthdays, or is there some other way that you decide when you're going to take a kid one-on-one? No, I think we just picked 10 years old. Sounded great. Yeah. I think any younger, and they might not have been able to appreciate it as much. You know, they they are happy that they get to do that thing that maybe some other kids that they know don't do the same thing. They're also able to plan the trip a little bit better. You know, a six or a seven-year-old may not grasp the concept that you can't do 20 things in four days. Um, Whereas a 10-year-old can see, yes, this is probably too much to fit into that such a small schedule. I think that's a, a good age to start. But just because that's what we picked doesn't mean there couldn't be a sure or right date. I don't know. Yeah, I think it depends, depends on what all you would want to do. You know, the, the more extravagant the trip. I don't know. I don't think that there's any rhyme or reason to it, but that made sense for us. But so we're looking at kind of our next milestones, if you will. You know, as our teenager is approaching what'll probably be a 16th birthday soon, you know, that might be a number that we go for. And then we were just discussing doing like a backpacking trip or something either the summer before or after their senior year, you know, somewhat is that kind of last, last opportunity, right. You know, for that closeness, but we've also discussed, you know, both of us taking them on that trip because if it is like that one last time, you know, they're, they're going into adulthood and, you know, if I went with one of them, I'm, I'm quite certain that uh, mama bear would be a little <laughs> bit sad that she didn't get to, to have that same one-on-one time. So, yeah, that, that sounds like more of a, of a family trip that I think my wife, it, what's funny is, so I'm talking with my wife about doing this with my 11 year old and I was just trying to brainstorm on, you know, possible places to go. And I threw out a place that we'd never been as a family. And she said, well, now I don't want you going someplace that we haven't gone as a family. Like go someplace that we've already gone. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know how exciting that's going to be for the 11 year old for me to go. All right, we're going back to so-and-so he's going to want to go someplace new, but mom's like, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's interesting that you guys kind of were able to work that out. <laughs> it's, um, you know, to be honest, the places that our kids chose were places we'd already been. And so right. that was, well, because that was that's what they know. Sell. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, yeah, that was an easy sell. And honestly, to be the one, sitting back at home. If they had chosen a place I really wanted to go, I probably would have felt a little jealous. But we've had the same conversation about traveling without the other partner. So, you know, if if I were able to go on a retreat somewhere or, you know, I were going with some friends or family to a destination that he really wants to go to, there's there is an element of life is only, you know, there's only so much life he can live. So we can't always hold back on those experiences just because the other one might feel a little jealous. Now there are some key places, right? Like Garrett wouldn't dare to go to South Africa without me (laughs) because that just wouldn't happen. That would not fly. But you know, I'm sure there's plenty of places that that I could say the same, but in the same, you know, in the same token, there's just so much to see in the world and only so many opportunities I think that we can take. So we try to, have a little bit of level-headedness when we think about where we're going. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that it really comes down to that first trip, I think, because if you can establish that 
you know, you, you have opportunities, you know, going back to your other question about the jealousy um, with the younger one or the other one, when we would take them, I think because we travel enough that, you know, we didn't have to explain to a, a seven-year-old when you're 10, you'll get to take a trip. We just focused on the next family trip. Sure. So I think if you're giving yourself enough opportunities, then, you know, one missed opportunity isn't the end of the world. But if you're only ever taking a couple of bucket list trips in your whole lifetime, then, you know, certainly missing out on one is going to be a big deal. But the other interesting thing is that our youngest one, when we were talking about where he would want to go, you know, he had really want he really wants to go to Alaska because he wants to see sled dogs and, you know, have an opportunity to maybe mush with some dogs. And when we started planning that trip, he's just like, you know what, I really don't want to go here without everyone. And so it was actually him, the youngest in the family, who had that kind of empathetic thought of not wanting to go to a place that no one else had been, you know, without the rest of the family. So that's awesome. And the cool thing that that came from that was that we ended up planning a trip to Alaska. It was supposed to happen in August and got canceled for some unfortunate reasons, but we ended up planning a trip and we still intend to go. So that was kind of fun a fun surprise that we hadn't, we didn't have Alaska on our short list. And now we do because he expressed some interest in it. So So have you found through these experiences that you've learned more about your child's individual personalities? Oh, Oh, leaps and bounds. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting when they're in a different dynamic, you know, how they'll choose to behave. So if you're in line for a roller coaster on a family vacation, there's this anticipation and this like intense, okay, we're going to do this. And it's kind of scary, but we're going to do this. And there's this pressure. But if you're one-on-one and the kid says, you know, I don't really like this kind of ride. Can we not do this? It's easy to say, Hey, no big deal. Let's back out of line and we'll go, you know, we'll do something else. It's easier for them to, I think, voice their opinion and to be given that voice, right? It's, it's easier for us to say, Hey, this is your trip. Now we don't give them carte blanche to say like, <laughs> I want a puppy and I want to, you know, all the things on this trip, but they, they do get to feel heard in the whole trip, you know? And so they feel they're more relaxed and able to tell us and show us who they really are. And in a lot of cases, we're surprised by who they are, where we get to see some new sides to them that we never knew. On my trip with our oldest, he started really feeling more comfortable talking to adults and mm. asking, you know, the server at a restaurant for what he needed or what, you know, this meal wasn't quite what he'd hoped it would be. And and he asked for maybe an accommodation and, and they were able to bring out exactly what he needed. And, and that was great oh, wow. for him. Sure. Because he does have some you know, some things that he does need more accommodation for, but he's not always felt comfortable asking. So that was great for him to not feel embarrassed. You know, he felt more comfortable with mom and, and not the whole family were, you know, worrying about those things. But I also think there are so many ways where they just get to show who they are and and what they like and what they don't like. And mm. yeah, it's it's just so fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and there's definitely a lack of pressure. You know, our youngest definitely took more advantage of the idea of it's my trip. You know, he he is that way. So if you give him 
any latitude whatsoever. He's going to absorb as much latitude as he possibly can. And so there was definitely those moments where he's like, this is my trip. I get to do this however I want and never in a bratty way. But, but because they felt that way, that it was their trip. Yeah. You just get that, those moments where, you know, they can surprise you and you don't have other people to manage any kind of kind of expectations either. And so, you know, you can focus on them and give them what they need or make them feel heard. And, you know, that goes a long way. I think it's really interesting. It seems like it's a good opportunity to help your, your child find his or her voice and to be able, like what you were saying, to be able to talk to adults, be able to articulate a need, you know, when you're in a collective environment, yeah, you have all the pressures. My, my two boys, they are super competitive with, with each other. So there's just always, you know, the back and forth, but when I do have a chance to take them and it could just be, you know, going to soccer on an away trip, mom can't go and the youngest stays with mom and it's just me and my 11 year old. And, and I can tell a difference just like you said, the dynamic changes drastically. So yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I also think too, you know, in your planning and how things actually are executed in the trip, if one child is up and going at seven o'clock, then you get to go and right. you get to just run and jump. But if they're more easygoing, then that dictates how your day goes. And, you know, sure. with your, with a full, a full day planned, if you're on a family trip, you've got a full day and you just have to go and everybody has to kind of toe the line to some degree. And so that's, that's a really good luxury I think that you get as well. Well, let's talk about these experiences that you've had. So what are your favorites? Just where are some places you guys have gone? You know, what are some takeaways that you've had from these experiences? The first trip, we we kind of opened it up to him. Where would you like to go? And that may have been too broad. So we had to kind of give him a few options. Like here are six or eight places that we know you'll like. We've done a little research on our own, so we know you'll like these kinds of places, or we've been here before, would you like to go back? And it was much easier for us to narrow his focus and let him Mm. pick from there. So he chose Southern California. He loves Lego, which is great for me because I love Lego. (laughs) So we we went to Legoland. I decided that I didn't want to do Legoland and Disneyland in the same trip. I thought that was kind of big for, for a weekend, so... Yes. I asked him to choose one or the other, and we ended up in San Diego. So it was great for that bit of it. And then we ended up doing a tour. I'm trying to think where, where it's located. It's just in Long Beach, near Long Beach, but a tour of a battleship that's just kind of mm. docked there. And yeah. that was really interesting for him. He's totally obsessed with all things war and weapons and you know stuff like that so it was really fun it was interesting for me that was cool because he got to go at his own pace there was right. nobody there telling him to rush or to slow down and read all the plaques or you know he got to be excited about what he wanted to learn we also did a little tour of the queen mary which was a sister boat to the titanic and so right that was really cool and then we hung out at the pool and that was amazing because every little kid just wants the pool. Right? Sure. <laughs> so, it, you know, there were a couple of extra things that we did that were just pretty low key that you do anywhere, but one-on-one things that he wanted to do. And from that, we just, I think it was just his way of being completely free to do whatever he wanted. So we rode 
the same ride 20 times and that was fine. <laughs> you know, we, we ate whatever he wanted to eat, which was great. You know, when he was ready, when he was done for the day, we got to be done and drive home. And if he wanted to close out the park, we stayed till the end and, mm. and, you know, we just pushed through. But, you know, I think in that relationship to see where he would have a problem or where he started to struggle with something, I could see myself in the same struggles that he was having. And so it was, mm. it was a good opportunity for me to say, I know how you feel. I feel that way too. And here's how, you know, here's how we'll grow from that. It was good for us to go because I think we are so similar in that, right. in that regard. So yeah, Southern California was great for us, not too far away. And it was just a weekend. So, yeah. Yeah. So we went just recently took the youngest to Florida. So again, amusement parks are big for us. So oh, yeah. um, he's a big fan of Harry Potter. So we did Universal Studios in Orlando and we had done that before, but again, we were a bigger group. And so we definitely kind of moved at a pace that wasn't his pace in the other trip. So we did that for a couple of days, but then, you know, I was very curious about what there was to do in Orlando outside of the obvious things, you know, the things that everybody goes there for. And right. it turns out there were a ton of things. And so when I sat him down, you know, there was a blog post of like a hundred different things to do that aren't parks. And, you know, he narrowed it down to like 15 or 20. And then we sat down together and kind of narrowed those even more. And it was cool to see the things that even in the planning stages that were interesting to him. So uh, we did like a chocolate tour. So, you know, it was like a museum dedicated to chocolate and how chocolate's made and and the process and the history of it and everything like that. That was in Orlando? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a small okay. place. You know, I was surprised to see it. And it was, it was cool. It was a cool experience for me as well. Cause we had just been to Costa Rica the month before mm. and we had done, you know, a, a much more in depth look into chocolate. We'd actually had the experience of making it from, from bean to bar. Oh, wow. And so it was cool to see, you know, for me, the stories collide, you know, and, and to understand really what's at play there and how and big of a deal. That Costa Rica tour, it was just Garrett and I that went on that. So our son wasn't there for that. So it was, uh, yeah, it was still fun for him to be pulled in on. That. Sure. Yeah. But for him, it was super exciting. And they had all these chocolate sculptures and things, you know, that the kids are going to love. And then afterwards, you know, they gave us a discount on anything that we wanted to buy in the shop. So of course we bought some chocolate, <laughs> you know, we have these matching official chocolate taster t-shirts that we got. And <laughs> nice. so yeah, it was, that was super fun. What else we do? We did their big, they have like a, one of them huge Ferris wheels. Icon park. I think they call it. Yeah. yeah. Don't ever do that in Orlando because they don't really have the skyline for it. Not like Vegas or London or somewhere, you know. And so I don't like heights, so I'm not getting on. You're not getting on it anyway. Uh, yeah, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tried some interesting foods, you know, things we hadn't done before, and and then same as Mandy, you know, really the best part of the experience was that it was definitely a slower, you know, just a slower pace, and got to have conversation and and realize, you know, we we have a pretty good take on the things that he likes, but to gain a deeper understanding of why he likes them or why he does the things he does. And so, and that easily came out by looking at the activities that he picked. We did go-karting. Really he wanted to go too. to a magic show, which wasn't something that we could squeeze into the whole trip. But 
some of the other things that he had highlighted as, you know, he really hoped he could do those things. I was pretty surprised to see some of the things that were on his list. But yeah. like Garrett said, as it came out, to understand why he does the things he does. Because, right. you know, at face value, sometimes we're annoyed by them. <laughs> sometimes we think, <laughs> oh, geez, you're, you know, you're a gamer kid. You're a mm. always need fun, always need happy, always need to be up and going. And, you know, and some of, but he's a brainiac. He's super smart. And to get kind of underneath that first shell of, of some of the things that we just kind of take for granted in him. Yeah. That's really cool to see why he ticks and why he does what he does. I think it would be fascinating not only to see what they want, wanted to do or might want to do, but how they prioritize it as well. Like that, I think I would be surprised with both my kids as to how they prioritized an itinerary. Yeah. He really wanted to see some animals. There were some zoos and other like wildlife type, things that he had put on his list and because of the time that they went or you know there were some conflicts or things that they didn't get to go do the things but when he started prioritizing his list how those things still kept rising to the top even more right. than other things that we thought about so we, we actually have that conversation with them quite often about priorities and sure. you know you really want to do this thing today but tomorrow if we hold out and do it tomorrow we can do it for a longer period of time or mm. if we hold off and take this trip next year it'll be warmer because we'll go in a, in a better season or you know right. we're, we're having these priority conversations with them all the time but also letting them drive their priority too and i think that's that's just another example of giving them that voice and and listening to what they have to say i think so often we just assume, you know, they're kids, they don't know what they're talking about, they're, you know, they haven't experienced the world like we have. They don't know as much as we do. So we tend to kind of hush them a little bit. I know as a, as a kid, I was hushed a lot. And, you know, I came from a big family and it was just, I was the youngest and it's a, you know, you're, you're the baby, you don't know anything. It's, you know, don't talk. And I think maybe that's what drives me in giving my kids a voice to make sure that sure. they feel that they're heard. But I think that's a common problem these days. And, you know, that maybe we're evolving out of it as we learn more about ourselves and about the world, but that we don't give our kids enough of a voice. And they are their own individual. They have their own opinions. They have their own views. And the more we give them that voice, the more they feel confident in who they are and right. they don't feel the need to change themselves for somebody for somebody else either yeah and i was going to say that when we were putting that itinerary together if i had planned the whole trip i would have picked almost none of what what we ended up doing outside mm. of, of the parks because what i figured he would want to do you know wasn't the cream that rose to the top for sure and it's something we talk a lot about just in all of our trips is you know, giving them, you know, more buy-in and more planning opportunities and giving them more of a say, you know, because we, we can see into the future a little bit and we can understand what their experience is, you know, what they will remember and what they won't, you know, better than they can. But that's not to discount, like, when they're experiencing it as a 10-year-old, they're still experiencing it as a 10-year-old. You know, right. we, don't, we shouldn't think about a trip as in terms of, if they'll remember it when they're 20, we should just 
think of it in terms of what will they enjoy doing while they're 10. We talked about that a little bit on our last episode. I'm convinced that even if they can't remember the actual experience, the feelings mm-hmm. that are created, I feel like that helps just kind of color their childhood, you know, one way or the other. So I think there's important, there's an importance there. So, well, what you guys have touched on this, but what advice or best practices would you give a parent like me who's trying to, to schedule this for the first time? Definitely the biggest tip is just to let them have as much input as possible in, in all stages. But, you know, we don't want to give them too much of a leash because, you know, a half an hour into itinerary planning, you know, their eyes glaze over and they just want to go do whatever. So, you know, their, their attention span is shorter for all facets of the trip, but still giving them as much power or control or whatever is possible. And I think what that does not only gives them a voice, but it also, it makes things smoother when you're on the trip. If something changes or you have to rearrange something or you don't make it to something, you know, if, if you're upfront about that, oh, we have like five things planned this day. We may not get to that fifth one. And that way the day of when you're like, okay, we don't have time for all five. So what thing do you want to get rid of? When they have advanced notice of that possibility, you know, it makes it easier for those kinds of things. But, sure. and then I say, I would think that uh, two would be to definitely create a lot of open space in your itinerary. You know, that focus is really on, your, you know, experience with each other. And if you pack too much in, you're not really getting that intentional time. Yeah. If you're rushing from place to place, from appointment to appointment, you don't have the downtime to just sit and chat and people watch and observe. And, you know, just that hangout time is essential. There were times when they would call me at the end of their night and they were just hanging out at the hotel, just chatting and, the banter that I could hear, you know, going back and forth was just, it was fun to hear them. And you could, you could obviously tell how much fun they were having together. I Um, feel like they'll remember that. Yeah. More than they will anything else that happens. Yeah. 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 And you give them the opportunity also for, because you don't know what they're really going to love when they're there. And so, you know, creating extra space, you know, you, you might think that two hours is enough to spend in this one place, but then they get there and they're just having a blast or they want to ride the same ride a dozen times because it's their favorite ride in the world. Or, you know, you find a cool playground at a park that has a zip line that's nothing like you have at home and allowing for those, you know, just those open spaces for, you know, for the organic to happen. I think is is key in keeping a kind of a loose itinerary. Yeah. I think that also means that you don't need to plan an extravagant trip. You don't need to pick an exotic destination. You don't need to have, it doesn't need to be a bucket list thing. It doesn't need to be some big thing. Plan a weekend, plan a couple of days. And what you're giving them is your time. You're giving them your undivided attention. And that's the most important thing. So all the extras that you choose to do are just that. They're just extra and they're fun. And they're, you know, things to get you, you know, they're conversation starters. They're, They're just extra things. So I think if I were to give my my piece of advice in this whole thing, 
I'm a planning nut. I'm like, I love the spreadsheets. I love the research. <laughs> I love spending hours on YouTube, watching other people do these things and, you know, learning from them. And there's so much valuable content out there that people have created. Yeah. So there's, you know, there are some really great family YouTubers out there to watch. So spend some time, pick a couple of days that you can spend some time planning with your child, but don't say, okay, today is the day we're planning the whole trip today. Cause that's not going to happen. Right. You know, say, Hey, let's spend an hour learning about what there is to do in this place. And if the hour turns into 20 minutes because they, <laughs> their eyes have glossed over it, then let it be done. And, and, you know, don't push it anymore, but give yourself a couple of opportunities to plan together and to research together. There were lots of opportunities where I know on this most recent trip where they would sit together at the computer and they would just get into it like, oh, and did you see this? And did you see that thing? And did you, you know, look at this cool picture that looks like so much fun. And, and then there were plenty of times where our son would say, planning, I don't want to plan, don't make me plan, <laughs> you know? And so it was never forced. It was just like, it, let's see how this trip evolves. And as the time went on, we realized, oh, wow, you guys only have a week. you got to like narrow down some of these details and buy these tickets and do these things. And that was okay because it just forced them to say, okay, let's make our final decision today and, right. and move on. They'd done all the research. There was no more research that needed to be done. Let's just make the final choice and, and it will be a great time. And so I think that's, yeah, just, just kind of let it evolve, let it be what it becomes. Awesome. Well, finally, Remind our listeners how they can keep up with you guys, all your many uh, things that you guys have going on. Too many things, I think, <laughs> have going on sometimes. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, the easiest place to find us is on Instagram, Connected Family Travel. But you can find us at Connected Family Travel everywhere. So ConnectedFamilyTravel.com. Our Facebook is Connected Family Travel. And finding us in any of those places will give you opportunities to to learn about more of what we do. So our focus is helping families save money on their trips by teaching them about the credit card reward points. So we have courses and one-on-one -on -one services and stuff to, to get the ball rolling or help kind of move you along in the, those regards. So we are all about the connected family and people don't get to travel as much as they want to. And so that's what we're trying to help resolve is that money issue that seems to be the biggest obstacle. Yeah, we another piece of exciting news that Garrett didn't mention. We have a podcast coming up, so Yay. when uh, when that launches, the name of the podcast is Points Miles and Beyond, and okay. that'll be another way for listeners to learn more about us and how we travel and and why we do the things we do, and we'll share some really great how to tips and you know things like that. So awesome are you guys on tiktok you do you doing the tiktoking you know that's a word i feel like we're a little beyond we're a little old i don't I'm know i'm terrified of <laughs> i'm terrified of tiktok so no i maybe if we get brave but the coordination issues they're just not here <laughs> you won't see us dancing yeah we're embracing reels a little bit and maybe if we get a little more comfortable with the instagram reels we'll move into the full tiktok thing but but yeah we Bless just have heart. so much going on that we got to focus our attention and in the places we have the capacity to do so, so. I understand. Well, Mandy Garrett, thanks again for coming back on the show with us. Yeah, it was great to talk to you again. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Family Vacationer. Make sure and subscribe to hear more of Robin Danny.